Yes, praise be to the Lord. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And by the grace of God, we've been able to do 23 books of the Bible. We are now handling the book of Jeremiah. If you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've been doing straight from the book of Genesis. You can find them on our app. That's Bible In-Depth Network. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you even as you listen because there is no limitation to revelation. That we always say. Because when you ask God to reveal his word to you, he will come. He will reveal his word to you. So, talk to him and ask him and he will reveal it even as you read, even as you listen. The word of the Lord is new every day, every morning. That's why you can read today and get a message from a portion of scripture. And you come back to it next month and you read it and you get a new message that speaks to your same situation or circumstance that you're going through. So, it's the word that is alive. And I ask you to please go ahead and listen. Today, we continue with our study of the book of Jeremiah and... Uh, we have done 26 chapters. Today I want us to continue with chapter 27. And uh, it begins by saying in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Thus says the Lord to me, Make for yourself bonds and yokes and put them on your neck and He's telling him to do this and a message is going to go out to the king. So he's saying, make for yourselves bonds and yokes. Make for yourself bonds and yokes and put them on your neck. He's telling this to Jeremiah. What is a yoke? Uh, if you've been studying and uh, looking at description of, descriptions of this, it's, it's more or less a piece of timber that is shaped to fit over the neck of someone with uh, carved pieces of wood that they put around your neck and they are fastened to the pole. And they normally use these to join together a team of oxen or any animals that are used specifically for work that involves pulling heavy loads. Yeah, So if they want work to be done quickly, they get animals, maybe oxen and maybe any other sort of animals, and they will put this yoke all these pieces of wood around their necks. And in the Bible, this term of yoke is most times used metaphorically to talk about a burden, yeah? All an obligation, all even slavery. When God delivered Israel from the Egyptian slavery, he said, I broke the bars of yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. That's if you check. Deuteronomy 28, 48. So you'll find that this term is used yeah, of affliction and oppression or to describe the burden of a person's transgression, that which they've done, or even punishment. Yeah. So when it comes to Jeremiah here, he's told that he's going to get that yoke and put it around himself. Yeah, of course, when you go to the New Testament, this term will refer to slavery as well. It is mostly used in that way. So, 
Here he's being told, get that, get that piece that represents slavery, oppression, affliction, and put it around your neck. And when you do, you're going to go and send word to the king of Edom, to the king of Moab. Now he's sending word not just to the people of Israel. He's being sent to the, to the nations because this is a, a message that is going out to the nations. So he's going to send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, to the king of the sons of Ammon, the king of Tyre, the king of Sidon, even by the messengers who come to Jerusalem, to Zedekiah, king of Judah. And what is the message? Command them to go to their masters, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus you shall say to your masters, I have made the heaven, the earth, I have made the earth and the men of the beasts, which on the face of the earth by my great power and by my outstretched arm. And I will give it to the one who is pleasing in my sight, who is pleasing in the sight of the Lord right now. I believe you can take a guess from what we've been studied. In verse 6, it says, Now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and I've given him also the wild animals of the field to serve him. That's amazing to read and interesting. Nebuchadnezzar does not subscribe to God Almighty. They have a god called Madoc in Babylon, whom they serve. Yeah, that is the god of their nation. But God here is saying, my servant, we looked at that last week, that him being called my servant is because he's going to do the will of the Lord at that time in the earth. He's picked him to do a job for him. And what's that job? It's to settle the issues that he has with Israel. He told them, if you don't listen to me, if you don't walk with me, I will lead you to captivity. And who is the person here to do that for him? Nebuchadnezzar, he's the servant at that moment. So let's not misunderstand that word with uh, saying that he is a man who was standing in right standing with God. So he's his servant, like you see the other prophets and all the other ministers that worshipped God. So he's saying he will have control over the entire earth. Over all those kings that we've talked about, he has told them. Yeah, And by the way, the interesting portion here, it tells us his control is not just over men. It's even over animals, over all the beasts of the earth. This man got a lot of control. It's more or less like the beginning when Adam is given control over all the beasts of the earth. That is given to Nebuchadnezzar at this point in time. And in Dan chapter 2, Daniel chapter 2, verse 38, it says, And Wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven has he given into your hand and has made you ruler over them. You are this head of gold. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar has control over everything. Even when he calls a lion, it will come. That's how strong this man is. That's how much authority had been given to this man. And he's being told, call a lion, it will come. Call a tiger, it will come. Doesn't matter. So all the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes. 
Of course, remember this captivity lasts 70 years. So, Nebuchadnezzar shall take them into captivity. When he's done, his son will come and even the grandson. And it's clear that they will have to serve this nation of Babylon as the various kingdoms of the earth. Until their time has come. What is that time? Their time of punishment. Their time of judgment. It will come. Then many nations and great kings will make him their servant. The time will also come where the one who has been boss shall be the servant. Yeah, It will be that the nation or the kingdom which will not serve him, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation. How? God is saying, I've instructed all these kingdoms, all these nations, including you, Israel, my people, my firstborn, people of Jerusalem and Judah. He's saying, you have to go and serve the king of Babylon. If you don't do that, I'll punish you, one with a sword, with famine, and with pestilence, declares the Lord, until I have destroyed it by his hand. Jeremiah is giving them a message that if you don't accept to go and live under captivity, those of you who stay in your nations shall suffer. Of course, it implies you pick up your bags and you go to Babylon. Be a slave there. Do the work that you're asked to do there. Forget your nation and go be a captive in a different land. And he's saying those who stay shall suffer the consequences. But as for you, he goes on and speaks and says, But as for you, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners. Now, because there are some who are going to now run to the prophets, to the diviners, to tell them, Guys, what is this they are putting upon us? Yeah, He's telling them, do not listen to your prophets and your diviners who are going to give you different information. Divination, it had to take in a lot of magical practices, magic-related issues and practices. And generally, it refers to the various techniques that were used to communicate with supernatural entities. For example, gods, spirits. And this was done so that they can determine the future. Yeah, They go to speak to somebody who does that practice, speak to the spirits. Speak to the gods for us, yeah, to see, determine the future, let us know, or even if it's pushing off evil, yeah, or change something for the better that somebody or a nation is going through a difficult time. So go and consult through divination and change that. So when you look at divination, it was mostly obtaining information that is unknown to a human being. And most of the techniques they used in this divination include they would sometimes watch birds, yeah? And they look at a bird, they see a pattern in which this bird is flying, then they can give you information. Or sometimes they would observe drops of oil that have been spread across water in a bucket. They look at, they, they drop oil in a bucket of filled with water, then they look, they see, how the water has moved, then they will give you information. That's another way that they used to do the divination. Then, 
sometimes it's astrology. They look at the stars and they tell you what's happening. And on other occasions, they could remove entrails of animals. For example, most times they would remove the liver. And they would look at the liver, observe, and start telling you things that are going to happen through that. So, from that, or such, any of these modes that I've spoken about, a diviner would interpret the future and then advise the people on what to do. And now, he is being clear to them and he's telling them, you who want to listen to your diviners, to your dreamers, to your soothsayers, all your sorcerers, yeah? Because there are those also who will go to sorcerers. They, sometimes the things they would do would differ a bit, but it is all the same bracket. Now, for sorcery, all you could even call it magic, yeah? On the other hand, other than how it differs from divination, they would change a bit. For them, they use curses and they use spells to influence and affect people. So, they always have an intention to harm their enemy, yeah? So, they will use curses, they will use spells, but they, they can also tell you or enhance the fortunes of those that they are issuing the spells to. So, sorcery, of course, for it also emphasized influencing people, influencing events, but they would use supernatural or occult mediums or means. However, the practices, they would overlap, but they are carried out by the same person. And for magic or sorcery, by casting spells, they are wearing charms and also some amulets to spell or cast their spells on people. So, he's telling them, go to your diviners, go to your sorcerers. Those who speak to you saying, you will not serve the king of Babylon. He's warning those who are going to go in that direction and saying, for they prophesy a lie to you in order to remove you far from the land. And I will drive you out and you will perish. He's telling them they are going to lie to you. But the nation which will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let remain on its land, declares the Lord. And they will till it and dwell in it. Now, these things, Jeremiah is speaking while he's wearing that yoke. It's around his neck. And he says, I spoke words like all these to Zedekiah, king of Judah, saying, bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will you die, you and your people? By sword, famine, and pestilence, as the Lord has spoken to the nation that will not serve the king of Babylon, saying, why do you have to let yourself die? Because it's going to come, you know God. When God says something, he will let it come to pass. That's a fact. When God speaks something in your life, it will come to pass. And for everybody, even you that's listening to me today, when God says something, it will come to pass. If God has given a message to your life, trust in the Lord, it will come. If God has promised to improve that situation you're in, trust in the Lord, the message will come. So he tells him, he tells them practically and says, if you don't want to do this, you know what is coming. So Jeremiah is speaking to the people. He's saying, these guys 
are lying to you. So do not listen to the words of the prophets who speak to you, saying you will not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie to you. For I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Yes, they can be prophets. They might be false prophets. They might be those that have even given a message from me before, but I have not sent them. No, God has to send you to speak. Yeah, but they prophesy falsely in my name. In order that I may drive you out and that you may perish, you and the prophets who prophesy to you. Then I spoke to the priests and to all these people, saying, Thus says the Lord, do not listen to the words of your prophets who prophesy to you, saying, Behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought again from Babylon. For they are prophesying a lie to you. Because remember what has happened at this point. By the way, by the time Zedekiah is king, at this point, uh, Jeconiah has already been taken captive They've to Babylon, who was king. And now this is a puppet king, Zedekiah, that had been uh, installed on the throne here in Judah. And by the time when they took Jeconiah, or whom you may find called Jehoiakim, at the time that they had taken them, they took the vessels of the house of God, of the temple. Yeah, And they're saying, these prophets are telling you that the vessels which left the house of the Lord shall be returned. But he's saying, well, that which they're telling you, in the house of the king of Judah and Jerusalem, may not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, concerning the sea, concerning the stands, as concerning the rest of the vessels that are left in this city, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, did not take when he carried into exile Jeconiah. That's the one we've been talking about. The son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from Jerusalem to Babylon, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Yes, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels that are left in the house of the Lord and in the house of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem. They will be carried to Babylon. And they will be there until the day I visit them, declares the Lord. Then I'll bring them back and restore them to this place. He's saying, even that which is left, those vessels, they shall be taken. So don't listen to the prophets that are lying to you. And chapter 28 uh, starts in response to what has just happened. What Jeremiah has just done or spoken. And it starts by saying, now in the same year, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, and in the fourth year, in the fifth month, Hananiah, the son of Azar, the prophet, who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, saying, now there's another prophet here, hmm? or priest, Hananiah. And what is he telling Jeremiah? He's saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. You hear what he's telling him? He's saying, that yoke that you're talking about, Jeremiah, it has been broken, God has told me. And he says, within two years, I'm going to bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. He's practically saying, the things you're telling us, have changed. There is change. God has spoken. Yeah? And he's saying all the things they took, they're going to be back here within us. And he says, I'm also going to bring back to this place Jeconiah. Remember, Jeconiah is the king. Yeah? That was taken captive. 
So he says, I'm also going to bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles of Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Hananiah is practically saying, the 70 years of captivity that you talked about as Jeremiah are not going to happen. What is happening, it's just two years from now, the people are going to return, the vessels are going to return, even Jeconiah, who was our rightful king, this Zedekiah has been imposed on them, of course, by Babylon, when they took the real king. He's saying, even our king and his entire crew, they shall return. And he says, I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. That's what Hananiah is saying. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and the presence of the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord confirm your words which you have prophesied to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house and all the exiles from Babylon to this place. Jeremiah is not entering into arguments with this man, but says, Yet hear now this word which I am about to speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who were before me and before you from ancient times prophesied against many lands and against great kingdoms of war and of calamity and of pestilence. The prophet who prophesies of peace When the word of the prophet comes to pass, then that prophet will be known as the one whom the Lord has truly sent. Jeremiah is telling Hananiah that we're not going to argue much. You know, sometimes you just don't have to argue over everything. Yeah? You enter battles and quarrels and you you shout so much because you know the truth. You know the truth. You know what God is saying. You know what God is demanding. And then you enter into arguments with people who don't believe in God, but are rather either trying to speak through him or speak with his word, but are instead lying to others. Sometimes you don't have to enter into arguments all the time. You know your levels and your limits, and know the God you serve. And know that you don't have to always prove to people that you are the one who is right and the rest are wrong. Hmm? You need to judge be a good judge and determinant of circumstances. Just like Jeremiah here, he says, that the one, if it comes to pass, the person who has spoken, me and you, then they will know that that's the one God truly sent. Then Hananiah the prophet took it a notch higher. What did he do? He took the yoke from the neck of Jeremiah. Remember, Jeremiah is wearing the yoke. So Hananiah took it from the neck of Jeremiah, the prophet, and broke it. I don't think this is uh, a peaceful process that's happening. Like, okay, come and I remove it. No, this is forceful. There is some uh, force there, shaking, break you down, put you down. Let's take that yoke off of you, Jeremiah, because you are speaking things that are not right. So, Hananiah gets it, takes it off Jeremiah, and breaks it. Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Even so will I break within two full years the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations. Then the prophet Jeremiah, he didn't quarrel, he didn't shout, he didn't say, Why did you take it off me? Why did you have to take me through all this trouble? You know how much trouble it takes to wear it? He just walked away. That's what the Bible says. 
He didn't argue. He just walked away. Hananiah has done his show. It has looked excellent. It has looked perfect. And he walks away. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. After Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Go and speak to Hananiah. And says, Saying, Thus says the Lord. Now he's giving him a message. Hananiah has come out to prove that he's the right prophet, speaking for God. And now a message is going to him. He's saying, Go and speak to Hananiah, saying, Thus says the Lord. You have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made instead of them yokes of iron. With the show that Hananiah was putting up, it has brought more trouble. Because initially, the yokes were of wood. Remember, we're describing what yokes are. They were pieces of timber. But now, after he has broken it, he's saying it has become iron. He thought he was breaking wood, but he has brought unto them iron. God spoke, and the message was simple, and they had to listen. Guys, you need to go serve Babylon, serve Nebuchadnezzar. They took pride, consulted their prophets, their mediums, their diviners, their spiritists, their sorcerers, and they get a wrong message. For them, Jeremiah's message is 70 years Hananiah's message is three years. Two years from now, he says, we are going to come back. But that's a wrong message. And when you fail to listen to God, the repercussions get tougher. They break the yoke of wood and they inflict upon themselves the yoke of iron. With iron, you don't just break. You have to get a welder who will have to cut the pieces. They have made life harder for themselves because they were told, leave. But they say, we shall not leave. Now, it's not just a yoke of wood. It's one of iron. Whenever you fail to listen to the Lord, sometimes the consequences would have been easier. But the more you stick to your stubbornness, to your disobedience, they get harder. They become as iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And listen to what God says. In confidence, they will serve him. It's like it will happen whether you like it or not. They will serve him. And I have also given him the beasts of the field. We looked at that earlier. Like, this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, has control even over the beasts of the field, the animals. He will say to a cow, come, and it won't even complain. They will obey, just like these people are going to obey. And he says, then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah the prophet, he goes back to the temple and tells Hananiah the prophet, Listen now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and you have made these people trust in a lie. People believed in Hananiah. They didn't believe in Jeremiah, what he said. 
So he brings back a word to him and says, says, therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am about to remove you from the face of the earth. This year you are going to die because you have counseled rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died in the same year, in the seventh month. What Hananiah did was wrong. He spoke on behalf of God, yet he was lying. And there were consequences because you speak on behalf of God and lie. And people believe that lie. And they don't listen to Jeremiah, who is a true prophet, who has spoken the right thing. And what's the consequence? As far as we've read, the consequence was clear. To Hananiah, you die. To the rest of the nations, it's no longer a discussion. Your yoke has changed from one that is of wood to one of iron. And you shall serve Nebuchadnezzar at all costs. And clearly here, it's a message that you need to be careful when you get out and speak on behalf of God, yet he's not speaking through you. We hear that a lot. Even today, God has told me. God has told me. And people spread lies. God has told me. God has told me. And people speak lies. God has told me you need to give me this money. God has said you need to give your house. Yet, God has not spoken. I'm not saying God does not speak. He will speak. And the voice will be clear for those that have to do certain things. But those who come out to lie because of their self-interest. Sananiah wants to remain the prophet that is on mark. He's on market. Everyone knows that he speaks the truth. He's the one who is removing this captivity from us as the people of Israel. But the consequences for Ananiah was death because he spoke a lie. God can listen. God can be patient. God can be gracious for a while. Hananiah spoke lies for a while. But the time came and it was time out. God can be gracious for a while, but grace runs out and you will have to suffer the consequences of your actions. And now, because of what he did, he was told he's going to die. And indeed, as the Bible says, he died. We need to listen to God. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes what we're being told to do is hard. The people of Jerusalem are being told to go into captivity and it's hard. But if God says do it, you need to do it because the consequence of not doing it is harder. It moves from a yoke of wood to a yoke of iron. And that's way so much difficult to overcome. May God give us a grace to always be obedient and listen to him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we pray that you help us learn to listen to you and to walk with you and to respect your word at all times. We exalt you and we give you glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.